All right. It's uh, again great to be here to teach the word. I'm going to go right to it without too much more meandering around. Um, but we're going to go to John chapter 10. I'm going to quote John 10. It's not going to come up on a slide, but I'm going to talk about John 10 in just a moment. And we're going to talk about a specific subject. The subject will apply to every single person sitting in the room. However you got here, whoever you are, wherever you're coming from, whatever is going on in your life, this word will be a good encouraging word for you. And I think you would leave the room with something in your heart and in your mind. Whether you're a person that got somebody just talked you into coming to the church today, or you decided yourself and maybe you're not a church person, or you're maybe even away from God, got beat up a little bit, and got off track for whatever reason, whatever might be the situation, or you're sitting here today and your life is really at a dead end, or it's at worse than a dead end, you're at a dead end and bad things are happening in the dead end. And so things are going on in your life you don't like. Or maybe you feel stuck. Maybe you feel totally disillusioned with this thing called life that you're supposed to be living right now. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your career. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's your health. And so you come to church, and you know there's going to be worship and prayer, and, and you know that we're going to talk some from the Bible, and we're going to try to uh, encourage you. And that's what I'm going to do this morning as we get to the Word. My Word for you this morning is out of John chapter 10 and verse 10. And this chapter is a chapter that most people, verse 10, they would recognize. I come to give you life, life more. And Jesus talks about this thing called life. But in this chapter, the Lord Jesus has already talked about himself being the way, the truth, and the life. And he's trying to get these people to look at life, think about life, because in that day, life was difficult. Uh, physical problems were horrible difficult. The Gentile religions had so many different temples and philosophies. None of them came through with what they promised. The Jewish religion was bagged down with not just 10 commandments, but 300 commandments. And the whole thing had uh, kind of uh, run into a routine of dryness and legalism. And so the Jewish people were not on top of the game. The Gentile people are disillusioned. And there's a lot of persecution and other things going on. And on the scene comes Jesus. And Jesus, the Messiah, who was not recognized as their Messiah. But he's the Son of God. He's Emmanuel, God with us. And he comes. And he's preaching a message to these people that's positive. They have only really heard a negative message. They've heard a God that's distant, a God that's mad, a God that's going to get you for a number of reasons and commandments that if you break, this is what happened. It was a religion of consequence and things. And Jesus is a brand new voice. That's why he's called the voice in the wilderness because the wilderness was philosophical, spiritual. It was in every way a wilderness there in Israel. And when Jesus comes on the scene, he's the first person in many hundreds of years that brought a positive message, a life-changing message, a simple message. He was a storyteller. He was a parable giver. He was a man that, that dressed like them. He didn't dress like the Pharisees. He had uh, everything was different about this Jesus. And so when he comes, he says, now listen, I'm going to talk with you about life. And I'm telling you that anybody that tries to bring you life other than what I'm going to give you, they're a thief and a robber. If they don't come through the front door, the gate, if they try to climb up the wrong way, you can't trust them and they're going to promise you what they can't deliver and your life is not going to be any better. Well, they understood that language. So then Jesus comes along and he says, now listen, I'm going to bring you life and I'm actually going to bring you a better life. I'm going to bring you an abundant life. I'm going to bring you an overflowing life, a life 
that you could only dream about. This is a life that you would dream about, but you don't think you can reach. But it's a life that maybe is in the back of your mind. He says, I'm bringing you a life that only you could dream about, but I'm the reality maker. I don't just promise and don't deliver. I am Emmanuel. I'm God with us. I am the Son of God. I am the life giver. And if I tell you I'm going to bring you life, I can bring you life. If I say I can change your life, I can change your life. If I tell you I can deliver your life from dysfunctionality and problems, I can deliver, deliver your life. I am the Son of God. I'm different than anybody else. Can somebody shout hallelujah? hallelujah. However you come. However you come into this room and wherever your life is parked right now, just stay with me for a little bit and let me preach this message into your spirit. I'm talking about taking your life to the next level. How do you take your life to the next level? Everybody here has a next level. Everybody here has a life that should go to the next level. The problem is that life itself beats us up. Circumstances crush us. Then we have the devil who adds to the circumstance and to the bad things. And, and then we have a lot of family trees and, and stuff and baggage that comes along with us. And so when someone says, I'm going to give you life and life more abundant, you, you can't even hardly imagine what abundant life looks like for you because you've, you've had so much life taken from you or life is so difficult for you or you, you've experienced so many punches in the face that it's even hard for you to get up and imagine that you should reach for another life. But I'm going to tell you, today that there's a next level for you and that God is still a good God and the devil is still a bad devil and that God still does marvelous, wonderful things for people and he's interested in you. Not just this crowd or any crowd. He's interested in you. Your name. You as a person. God is right now thinking about you and he's saying to you I have life for you. I have good life for you. I have overflowing life for you. I have an abundant life for you. I have a life that you've only dreamt about but you're even afraid to go after it, but I'm a dream giver. I'm going to take that which is ordinary and make it extraordinary. I'm going to take your life to the next level. I'm going to do for you what no one else can do for you. I'm going to open doors that no one else can open. I'm going to close doors no one else can close. I'm going to give you miracles no one else can give because I am your Jesus and I'm the real thing. Jesus is a life giver. And most of us don't aim too high. We aim too low and hit it. And so Jesus said, I want you to aim higher, but I'm afraid, I'm afraid to aim higher. Come on, Jesus, if I aim higher, it's going to be a, it's going to be a bummer again. I won't be able to hit it, the provision up there. I'm just not sure. Jesus, come on, I want you to lift your sights. I want you to dream bigger. I want you to think bigger. I want you to believe for yourself. I'm not done with you, but I have so many problems and so much has happened and I can't even kind of get out of this and I don't know if I want to dream. It's so disappointing and, and I can just hear God saying to you this morning, aim high, I'll aim with you and we won't hit the low mark, we'll hit the high mark because I'm the God that shoots really well at those marks and I lift people from the dunghill I lift people from these places in life that are really the, the cave of Adullam people that David had and other people throughout the Bible that didn't really have a lot to offer anybody God takes them to another level because God can and God chooses and God's hand is on your life and so I'm telling you this morning what I have to say to you is good here's my definition now turn to your neighbor right now and say, I really like this guy. 
Okay, I feel so much love and acceptance now. So much more freedom. Here's my definition. Taking life to the next level requires a few things. And you have all of these in your hand. You, you can do everything that I'm talking about this morning. It requires what? It requires a breaking out. It requires a letting go, a stepping up, and allowing things to unfold at God's pace, way, and timing. Now, I want you to stare at that definition. I want you to think about it. I want you to pray with me. I want you to, in your spirit, I want you to get a hold of this, that God wants you to go to the next level. That's not an option. You're going to go to the next level. God's going to push you. He's going to pull you. He might even drop, kick, you know, you. He wants you to go to this next level, but you're going to have to break through. Breakthrough means you move towards something that you know you need to break through. You don't just sit there. You move toward it. Then you have to let go of things, and then you have to step out. And when you step up, you have to allow God to unfold things, unfolding things in your life that God has usually is not easy for us because we want to we hurry God up. We want to tell God, you're late. You're not, you're not on time. I, I want you to unfold this quickly. You know, relationship, finance, business. And no, God says, just let me unfold. But God, you're so slow. You're so slow. One of your characteristics is Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah's slow. Another characteristic of Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Snow, uh, Slow, is called Jehovah Sneaky. <laughs> the names of God. He's sneaky. He is, he is doing things that you can't see. He's positioning you. He's working for you behind the scenes. He, he's causing things to fall together. And if he would show you what he's doing, you would put your hands into it and mess it up. So God says, let me unfold this. Let, let it come my way. Pace yourself. Trust. And so that's what it's all about. Okay. Going to the next level means you're going to let go. You're going to step up. Now, here's a verse. Revelation 4, verse 1. Revelation 4, verse 1. I understand it's written to the you know, seven churches and John's on the Isle of Patmos and he's having revelations. And, but I want to apply the scripture. I want, I want you... To actually say out loud with me, say, this is my scripture. Come on, say it with me. This is my scripture. For me. Today. And I'm going to take it. My scripture. Okay, now you're quiet, I'm preaching. My scripture means it's written to me, and this is something that God is saying to me, and here it goes. Now, Look at this scripture, Revelation 4 and verse 1, because we're talking about taking your life to the next level. Now, you can say to your person next to you, say to your person next to you, we're going to the next level. And if you won't come, tell, tell your neighbor, if you won't come, I will drag you. You've got to go to the next level. You're gonna, we're going to go to the next level, and this is how it's going to happen, all right? Revelation chapter 4. And verse 1, Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1, after this, say it out loud with me, after this, I'm going to exegete, that is give you a little behind the scene meeting here, when the writer says after this, it actually means pause, for as long as it takes, I want you to pause, stop, because something new is about to break open and I don't want you to miss it. And so after this means after whatever has happened, whatever has brought you to today, 
whether you're 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 years old, whatever circumstance in your spirit, soul, or body, whatever has taken place in your finance, in your relationship, whatever has brought you to today, wherever you have come through, I want you to stop now after this. After this, I want you to pause and I want you to gain a new expectation because something new is about to take place. And I looked... And I saw a what? Come on, I saw a I saw a Now, let's say it this way. And I saw a door, and I want you to add for me. And I saw a a door for me. Now, Jesus says, I am the door. So if you go through the door, that's the beginning, but what happens here is that when you come to the door, the door in this particular verse and so many other door verses, because there's a bunch of them, it means new opportunity. It actually means not a door. That's an English translation of the writers back in the 1500s, but actually it's a vault. It's a vault. And it's a vault filled with mysteries. And the mysteries that are behind that door or in that vault that you're entering into are mysteries that God has placed in that door with your name on it. God has placed mysteries. God has placed provisions. God has placed surprises. God has placed great things. God has placed dreams. God has placed careers. God has placed businesses. God has placed relationships. God has placed miracles. God has placed healings. God has placed open new things. God has placed your own personality finding healing. Dysfunctionalities are going to leave. Mental bondages are going to leave. Physical bondages are going to be broken. And behind that door is a vault that God had for you. And that vault is filled with so many good things. All the rich things of God, the rich mercy, the rich grace, the rich everything. It's so filled. And you have that door and that door is in front of you and that door is your door and it has your name on it. I want you to take your right hand and I want you to kind of just do this. Do this right here. Now, now remember, keep your hand there. Keep your hand there. The Bible is written about an invisible kingdom. Holy Spirit, where? You can't see him. God, where, where, where? Jesus. Although he did come in the flesh. All of the prayers being answered and moving in the spirit realm and angels and stuff, that it's all in the invisible realm. And the Apostle Paul says, I have an effectual door that's just about ready to open for me, but there's many adversaries. But in this effectual door, 1 Corinthians 16 was a church planting. He was moving forward into a new city, and he said, there's a big door, and that door is open to me. It wasn't a wooden door or iron door, door that he could actually touch. It was a door in the realm of the invisible, a door that meant if I go through, there's opportunity, there's surprises, and there's mysteries. I want you to reach into the invisible realm. Grab a handle of that door. And say out loud, my door, my door is, in front of me. is in front of me. It's a good door, a good door. With, good with good treasure. I'm ready, I'm ready. For, something better. for something better, something more, something more. and I'm reaching to the door. And I'm going to open the door. And I'm going to move through this door. 
because it's my door. Get your hands off my door. Devil, get your hands off my door. Adversaries, get your hands off my door. People of doubt, get your hands off my door. I'm moving forward. You can't stop me. My hand of faith is on my door. Today is my day. Come on, give the Lord a shout and a clap right now. I saw a door. I saw a door. Come on, I see a door for you. And behind that door is not more affliction and more bummer stuff and more this and more poverty and more hurt and more dysfunctionality and more disillusionment. Behind the door that God has for you is a great door. And those mysteries, it's filled with treasure and good things. All the benefits of the Lord, the promises of God. I'm not making this up. This is in the scripture. God has great things for you. Great things. And I saw a door that opened into heaven. And then the voice, there's always a voice that comes with the door. It's either the voice of condemnation, the devil, the adversaries that are saying, don't do it, you can't do it, you can't go through it, you don't have enough faith. That's the devil. Don't listen to his voice. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. I will give you grace. I will be with you. You can step up. You can become the person you want to be. You can have the dreams you're dreaming. I'm the God who is for you. I'm not against you. Listen to the right voice. God is for you. Then the voice that had spoken to me at first and sounded like a trumpet said, Okay, everybody, are you ready? I said, Are you ready? Yes. What's those three words say? Come on, say it again. Follow my hand. Now follow my hand. No, no. You cheated. You cheated. Got to follow my hand. Now, when I do this third piece here, you got to pause. I want you to shout the word here just a little louder. Now. No. What I'm trying to do is get you to actually see something that's very important because God has a here for you that's not a here for someone else. It's not there for someone else. It's a here, here that's here in the supernatural realm, a realm that only God had for you when you land on the here and that invisible realm, you land on the beginning of going to the next level. So when he says come up, there's a here for you. There's a place. There's a, there's a recognition of where your feet should land. And so that here is very important. That here belongs to me, doesn't belong to you. It's my here. And God says, I want you to come on now, say it with me. Come up here. I'm, I'm kind of a noisy preacher, aren't I? I mean, you know. Come up here. Wow, what a great thing. Ascend, enter. There's a door. There's a place. And I will show you what must happen 
Scripture. You took my scripture down. May a thousand fleas rest on your head. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Must happen. What's the word? Come on, church. What's the last word? What must happen? What's must happen? You have a next. And your next is powerful, it's wonderful, it's good. It's not the past, it's not your fears, it's not what you're afraid to kind of move forward with and what's going to happen. I'm telling you that your next that is in God, that place that you're going to as you move through that door that God has for you, your next beginning today by faith and by scripture, your next is a great next. It's a come up here next. It's a good next. It's, a, it's something that you're going to talk about all week long. When people say, how are you? You're going to say, I went up. Say, you went up where? I went up there. Where's there? Here. Where's here? There. What's going on with your life? Next. Next what? Next. Are you leaving? That was not the next I was after right there. All right. Come on, turn to someone around you and say, next. Can you believe I have a next? Can you believe it? I have a next. My next is the best. It's, it's, I'm, I'm moving forward. This is, this is the wonderful word for me. I've had so many dead ends. I've had so many disappointments. I've had so much stuff. You know, I've been doubting this and doubting that. My dreams have fallen to the ground, and I'm not even sure I ever had a dream. And then someone comes along. But you know what? Today I'm believing that I'm coming up, and I have a next, and my next is going to be unbelievably good, and I'm feeling good about this. You know what? I'm almost ready to be a Christian. <laughs> All right, here's another scripture for you. First Kings 3, 5. This is Solomon. Solomon, if you know the history of the Old Testament, you have Israel, the 12 tribes. You have three kings that were over. Saul over the 12. David over the 12. Solomon now is going to become the new king over the 12 tribes. And it's the last king over the 12 because his son's going to split the kingdom. And we're now going to have the house of Israel and the house of Judah that splits into two kingdoms, 19 kings each, all because of Solomon. The Israel kings, 19 of them, evil. Every single one of them were evil. The Judah kings only had eight good kings. And so the prophets prophesied to Judah, our Israel house, and then they had good word, bad word, because the kings were so backslidden. And that's the rest of the history now, the beginning of this is Solomon, who's going to be the last king of the United Kingdom, but he could have been the king that had the United Kingdom forever. There never should have been a split with the kingdom. And Solomon is starting as a young man. His father is David. His father has been a mighty man of God. His father has established one of the most amazing kingdoms ever. His father is one who built the tabernacle of David, who brought the Ark of the Covenant up from the house of Obedidah. His father was a lover of presence, a lover of the Spirit, a songwriter, a man after God's heart, a man with a story. Uh, David was that man. Solomon is the man now that is following this man that had built so much and done so much and knew so much and, and was in love with God and he was, a, he was an amazing man all the way around. Now Solomon has to step into his shoes by the word of the Lord because God spoke to David and said Solomon will be the next king. So Solomon, before he takes the kingdom, he doesn't live in Gibeon. 
But he goes to Gibeon. Why? Because in Gibeon is the tabernacle and the voice and the ark and the glory and the presence. And so he knows he needs more. Would everybody shout the word more? You, you need more. You need more next. You need more here. You need more to go forward. But the more that you need to move forward is found in the Holy Spirit, in God, and you're pressing into the invisible realm. And Solomon understood that. So he goes to Gibeon. And this is one scripture. That night, everyone say that night. God does his best work in the dark. And sometimes the dark is not physical dark, it's emotional, mental, spiritual, circumstantial. We can't see. We don't know where we are. We don't know where we're going. We don't understand at all. Anybody in this room be right now in a nighttime, a dark time, an emotional time, a mental time, a spiritual time where you can't see everything, you don't know what's going on, and you're in your dark, this word is for you. And there in Gibeon, God appeared, God appeared, God appeared, God appeared to Solomon in a dream. This dream is a real dream. It's not just a sleep dream. It's a word dream. And God said to him, what can I give you? What can I give you? I want to ask you a question this morning. I want you to write it down. I want you to think with me for a moment. God coming to you and God saying to you, whoever you are, and God says, what, what can I do for you? What can I give you? What would you write down? If you have time, I'd like you to write something down right now. If it's on your heart, in your mind, and you're dreaming about something, you're wanting something, a new open door, and, and it's in your mind. If God came to you and said, you know, what do you want? I'll, I'll give it to you. I'm God Almighty. I'm El, El Shaddai, El, Elohim, Jehovah Jireh, provider. I mean, there's nothing outside my reach, my power. I can create. I can make, I can make something out of nothing. I, I can supply. I can open. You know, I'm God. And so I'm saying to you, what do you want? And, and why would you aim so low if you know my personality, if you know my power, if you know who I am, you know my attributes, and you know that I'm a creator and that, and that I'm a lover of you and, and your soul and I want to do something in your life. Don't aim too low. Well, Solomon goes through and he, and he says what he wants and that's a message in itself, which I don't have time to get into. But there God speaks to him and says, so that's what you want. Solomon asked for wisdom. He didn't ask for his enemy's head. He didn't ask for wealth. He didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for... And God says, are you sure? Are you sure you're not going to ask me to kill your enemies? No. You're not going to ask for wealth? No. Riches? Treasure? No. More authority? No. Well, what do you want? I want wisdom. I, I want to know how to go in and out of life. I, I, I want to know how to do this right because I watch my father and I watch other people. I need the wisdom. And, and so God said to him, because you asked the right thing, I'll add. Now, this is, this is an important thing, and it's another stream of thought, but you can hear me and you can put it into your seed bag spirit and you can remember this. Wisdom is what you pursue if you want treasure. You don't pursue treasure to get treasure. You pursue wisdom to get treasure. And the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. So if you fear the Lord, which is a deep respect and an awe of his principles, his word, and his values, if you have a fear of the Lord in you and you honor the Lord, the Lord says, those who honor me, this is in your Bible, by the way, it says it, those who honor me, I will honor them. 
and those who dishonor me, I will dishonor them. And so there is a principle in the scripture in that Gideon, uh, here in Gibeon, Solomon's going to learn it, that he's going to ask of God, but he's going to ask for the, really the sacred thing that he should be asking for is wisdom. How do I do this, God? Show me, help me. Don't let me live in the flesh, live in my own culture, live in the values of my culture out here and what everybody else wants. I want to walk in the wisdom of God. And Lord, if you will show me, I will live a better life and I will do it. And God says, you got it. I'm going to give you wealth and honor and riches anyway because you asked for the right thing. And I'm going to make sure you go in and out and you solve this. Now, I want you to take down these four things. When you move to the next level, there's four words that you need to have down. Next season, next level, next miracle, next door. Those four phrases. I want you to look at it, and I want you to think with me. These are all Bible words. If you're going to take your life to the next level, it means you're going to have to change seasons. Seasons are not determined by man's timetable. They're determined by the sovereignty of God. And so a season could be long, short. It can be a year, three years, three months, you don't know, but you have to enter a season knowing that God's going to do something different in that season. Every season has levels. And you have to get through the level that you're on in order to go to the next level. And every level will necessitate a new miracle. And new miracles opens new doors that helps you to fulfill everything in that new season before you start the cycle over again to enter into another season that has more levels, that has more miracles, and has more doors. And our whole life is built on this. So you enter in. God says, I'm going to take you to a new season. Well, that's a word. And I want you to, I want you to obey the level you're on. Well, I, I, I want to be in a season of wealth and I want to experience provision of God. I want God to use me as a real giver in the house and I'm going to give thousands to God. I'm that kind of a person, God. I'm, I'm moving into a season where you're going to provide for me and I'm going to give thousands of dollars to the kingdom of God. So I'll have church plan and, and, and children and I'm, I tell you what, I'm going to be one of your best givers. God says, is that right? That's right. You got to go to the next level. Yes, I'll go to the next level. What do you have in your pocket? $35. Give it. Oh, I'm going to lunch. <laughs> but when I get the thousands, I will press it in. Sunday school teacher teaching on missions and giving, and all the children are gathered around her. She says, how many of you kids, if you had $100, you would give it to the missionary? Ah. How many of you, if you had $10, you would? Ah. How many of you, if you had $1, you'd give it to everybody? Ah, except one little boy. She says, she says John, what? What's wrong? What happened? I have a dollar. <laughs> Easy to cheer invisible nothings. Easy to cheer faith nothings. Easy to say, I will and I'll do. God says, you want to go to the next level? Yes! Yes, I do. I do, I do. I do. Start tithing. Oh, I think I'll go back one level. Start praying. Well, I do pray. When? I'm God. You, I don't hear you. Your levels 
take you to a place where you need a miracle. If you're in a place where you never have to have a miracle, you're not in a new season. Seasons mean you're faced with miracles. God, if you don't provide here, it's not going to happen. God says, that's, that's exactly right. You know, you're going to need a miracle. Yes, I need a miracle. You know how to get one? I, I don't know how to get one. Then you better find out how to get one because you're going to need a miracle to get there. Every level has new miracles and every level demands a new you. The old you won't take you through the new level. So you have to change you in order to get through the door of faith to get to the next level. You have to have a new mindset, renew your spirit, renew your declaration, renew your prayer life. All that has to happen. Now, when you go to the next level and you have a new door, I'm going to give you now one scripture. I have 12, but you're going to get one. That way I'm, I can be invited back 11 more times. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you Biblical, just biblical phrases from Scripture. The biblical phrases I'm going to give you were given to people, now listen to me, given to people who were going to the next level. Given to people who were taking a step up. Given to people who were going out of the norm. These are the scriptures that go with them. So I'm not making this up. I'm not just preaching some kind of a good peppy sermon. I'm just using these scriptures to say, okay, how, let's start with this and make sure we're on the same page. How many of you have decided you will go to the next level? Yeah. Wait, wave at me. Let me see your hands. All right. How many of you have decided you will go to the next season? Come on, wave. And you need new miracles. And you will do whatever it takes to get there. Good, good, okay. Here's one thing. Here, here's just one. Because, you know, faith is reality. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, I will go anywhere. Anywhere? Anywhere. East Bay? Not East Bay. God, I will do anything. Hey, we need someone to help with the children's ministry. Children have demonic problems. <laughs> I, I don't do kids, okay? All right, God says, I want you to go to the next level, and you're saying, yes, okay, got it, my life. Got it. Okay, here's your scripture. Hebrews 11, verse 8. Here's the phrase. Not knowing where you were going. Oh, no, 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 I don't like that. I don't like that. I want to go, but I want to know where I'm going. Okay, then you don't get to go. Hebrews 11 and verse 8, not knowing where you were going. By faith, everyone say faith. faith. There is no other way to get to the next level. Abraham obeyed, everyone say obeyed. Again, faith without obedience is empty. It's easy to say, yes, 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 yes. And God says, now step out. No, 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 no. You've got to obey. When he was called to go out to a place. What place? To receive an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where the place was. Not knowing where he was going. His mind is troubled. His family is super troubled. So where are you going, Abe? Out 
How far? Far? What's it like? Don't know? How will you know when you get there? I guess I'll know. Well, why are you leaving here? Because here's no longer my here. Hello? Here is no longer my here. And if I want to have the inheritance I'm supposed to get, I have to go there. And I can't go there if I stay here. And I'm going to go there, but there's no GPS, there's no map, there's no anything. I'm just going to go out and I'm going to, I guess, uh, I guess I'm just going to have to trust God that where I'm going is good. So he went out, not knowing where he was going. How many of you want to go to the next level? <laughs> I want my wife to go to the next level. That's, that's what I want. Okay. Here's another phrase. Keep moving forward. The righteous keep moving forward. You've got to keep moving forward. You can't stop and whine, make excuses, blame shift, and fight everybody. You've got to keep moving forward. And you've got to become clean hands with stronger, stronger hands. You've got to keep moving forward. Here's another one. That, that was Job 17.9. Here's another one. I could preach each one of these like, you know, full scriptures, but I have a plane to catch. Number three, forget what happened in the past. Whoa, 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 this is a tough one. Isaiah 43, 18. Do not cling to events of the past or dwell on what happened so long ago. I want you to watch for the new thing I'm going to do. It's happening already, but you're looking the wrong direction. I've already started something new, but you can't see it because you keep looking back. You keep looking over. You keep... You keep looking the wrong way. And I, Have you ever had a child where you had to turn their head? Look over here. Look. Sometimes that's God turning you. Look. No. Look. No, I'm afraid it's going to be bad. It's not bad. How do you know it's not bad? Because I'm God. Are you sure? God turns. I want you to understand that you need to turn your head the right direction and see the new. You need to let go. You need to breakthrough. You need to have a spirit of faith. You need to allow God. You've got to trust. You've got to step up. You've got to open that door. You've got to believe that today I've seated you with the ability to go to the next level if you would just put your hand on the door. Come on. Can I hear an amen? amen. All right. How many of you learned something today? Okay. How many of you are saying in your spirit, I'm on my way to another level? Yeah. You know what? I'm going to make it happen.